Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Well, hello, howdy, bonjour, hola, or whatever other language you speak. I'm here to say hello. (laughs) This podcast has been listened to, by the way, in 97 countries, and it just thrills me to know that somewhere around the world, there's somebody gaining some wisdom, encouragement from me or my guests. So thank you all for subscribing. Thank you for jumping over to YouTube and subscribing there as well, because maybe you didn't know that I have a YouTube channel called The Profitable Photographer, and I love comments. So thanks for tuning in. Anywho, so today or this week, I got some bad news, but I'm making, what is it, chicken salad out of it, (laughs) turning it into good news. So the bad news is my 100-plus-year-old home has some electrical issues, and it's going to be a major, major surgery that needs to be done. The good news is I got a great example about today's topic. Today's topic is about the power of specializing or why creating a niche, let's be fancy, a niche can help you grow faster in every single way in business. Before you go, wait, but I don't want to pick one thing. My suggestion is not to say, no, I'm not going to do this unless you don't love it. My suggestion is that picking a specialty and focusing like you focus your camera lens on that is going to get you results that I believe most of us want when we go into business. And I'll get into that more in a minute. So the situation with the electricity is that I was sitting in my recliner watching a movie at night and the power went off in part of my house. And after I managed to wedge my way out of my recliner with its electric, and so you can't make it go down, so I had to climb out, uh, I started researching electricians. And the next day, because this was in the evening, I talked to two different people. And one of them, his business name is electrician, his license is in electricity, <laughs> electricity, a friend of mine says. Um, his advertisements, I went to nextdoor.com, which is a great uh, resource for local support, asking for referrals. And this person came up several times. I went to Yelp. And when I had a conversation with him, um, he he seemed very knowledgeable. And of course, he was very pleasant, very nice. So I thought this might be the guy. But I had referrals from another person who is a handyman. He's a handyman that's really good at at um, becoming visible. And so we had a good conversation. And I asked him what within the handyman world, because when you have an old house, you always need a handyman, you know, what his strong points are, what his areas of expertise 
were. So in case I don't use him for this electrical issue, I would know some other things he does. And he said, oh, the better question is what don't I do? How that hit me was just like if you go to a restaurant and you say, what's really good? And they say everything. It's not possible, in my opinion, to be excellent at everything. There's always something on the menu that's more delicious. And with anybody, like with any photographer, there's going to be things that you excel at. So who do you think I chose? Of course, I chose the one because this is an electrical problem and electricity is not the same as, um, I don't know, having, can't think of something, but, you know, some small contractor work or or something like that. It's just not the same. And um, anyway, so I got to thinking, oh, yeah, planning, I'm planning to do this episode about a niche and here this happened. So that's my story. The reason I decided to do a solo episode on this is because I was mentoring a photographer whose work is gorgeous. And I ask her the question, I ask everybody that I'm coaching and also just friends and other people that I meet in our industry when we get talking about things and they might want a little guidance or some thoughts uh, is if you knew that you were going to be wildly successful and made the income that you want and become the go-to person in that area, what would it be? And she said what it was, and I'm going to keep that confidential. And when I thought about her website, it was completely unclear that that was what she loved the most right now. When I looked at her website, it had many incredible examples of all kinds of potentials, not potentials, but all kinds of things that she does. And as I was sharing with her all these um, reasons why I thought it might help her if she began to gear everything in her business to this specialty and grow it like crazy, then I was like, wait a minute, I should have recorded this. <laughs> this would have been a good podcast episode. So, ta-da, here we are. <laughs> All right, let's see where to want to start. Um, and I was pleased to see because these days I remember, oh, I should check with chat GPT and see what it has to say. And of course, I'm not I'm not reading everything from ChatGPT, but when I pose the question, why would it be a wise idea in a photography business to specialize? It gave me, I asked for six bullet points. And these six were the ones that I would have come up with myself and that I've often shared with people. So, um, I mean, I would trust my authority more <laughs> because I have... Well, not really, but I have 41 years in this business and I've seen so many people come and go. Uh, so many people arrive on the scene, pick a niche, go gangbusters, do great at it, become known as, you know, the king or queen of a particular area of photography. Now, my history is 
when I started, I dabbled in everything. And I do recommend trying lots of different things. I did some commercial work. I did a trade for my uh, my gym. It was a women's gym. And I traded membership for photographs for their um, for newspaper ads. Uh, you know, I did some kids and babies. And I worked for this funky little uh, freebie newspaper going on assignment photographing like macrobiotic people and people grinding wheatgrass. And so experience is great. And through that, I began to see, number one, I did not want to do commercial photography. And number two, I thought about myself. And I loved weddings, just in general, loved weddings. I cry at cartoon weddings. You may have heard me say that if you've been listening a lot. I I watch Say Yes to the Dress because I love to see those women or or men <laughs> in those gorgeous gowns. And then I've always been a kid person. I babysat in high school for money. I worked at a children's store. I've always been every kid's Aunt Lucy. My next door neighbor girls were at my house. Uh, not half the time, but close to half the time hanging out. I love my nieces and nephews so much. And now they, one of them had a baby and I love that too. So, um, yeah. So it was natural for me to think about those two. And I could see that it was easier to start getting work and money in my pocket with weddings. So I focused in that direction. Not saying that if someone asked if I did family portraits or babies, that I said, no, I just do, uh, what did I say? Oh, weddings. But I became known and I quickly, by focusing in one direction, became very profitable. I got lots of work. Within three years of officially being in business, I was able to buy a new home and have savings and become known. I'm not saying I was completely full in three years, but I just had this really steady amount of work and was becoming known in the industry. And I was developing relationships with vendors. One of the strong reasons for me in having a specialty is I know where to network and who to network with. And that's with people who serve my same industry. Yeah. And then eventually weddings became less fun, more exhausting, because as I got better at it and more creative, I wanted to do every possible thing I could, and I just wore myself out. But that's okay, because I began to switch and I changed my marketing. If you're looking at um, YouTube, you can see this photo of a little boy holding his daddy's legs at the beach. And I, I put that on my business card. I started advertising in the yellow pages with children's photographs, which back in the day, I used to get good work from that, of course, not now. Nobody even knows what a yellow, yellow, yellow pages is. And then that grew. And about the time I was comfortable with the amount of portrait work I had with babies and then families 
well, most babies have some families. Um, um, then I was able to retire from the wedding business. Now, would I have found a way to to turn those over to somebody or hire somebody to shoot the weddings if I had this to do over again, perhaps. But um, I remember the day when somebody, uh, I can't remember, I think maybe she was um, recommending me to speak at a, a conference. And she said, because you are the queen of baby and children's photography, we think you'd be a great fit. So I had managed to get a reputation. I think, oops, that that's one of the strong reasons is developing a reputation for what you do. So take a breath. Think about if, now, of course, we want to be reasonable. If, if you, if you love photographing, I don't know, maybe I could think of almost anything, but it, if there's, you want to think about something that does have marketable value. Um, but what do you love? And what do you love, not even photographically, but like me, I love babies. I loved weddings. I still love weddings now that I'm not photographing them. I loved photographing with no pressure my cousin's daughter's wedding as just a little bonus to her and the photographer didn't mind and he appreciated my my expertise and he let me do some fun posing so um i just the the pressure of that it just hit the burnout phase so let me tell you some of the bullet points and fill in my own understanding so chat gpt when i said uh, what are reasons why specializing in photography is important for a business? Give me six. So targeted marketing and client base. So what that means is the efforts that you put into finding clients can be simplified. If you're trying to find seniors, pets, weddings, business, branding, fill in blank, then you have to figure out how to find all of these different possible clients and all of these different possible people that might refer you. So when you pick, when I did weddings, which is one of the easiest ways to get referrals is from weddings. I made friends in the industry. When I did a bridal show, I set up early, like an hour before, opening so I could walk around the show and meet people and and see people that I already knew. When I was talking to a bride and groom in my booth, before they walked away, I would ask them, are you looking for other services? You know, sure, you must be. And if they tell me a cake baker, I'd say, okay, down that two more rows go to Flower Power and tell Seal Davis, I said, hello. DJ, oh, I love that one. Florist, I love this person. So when they were at the bridal show, the vendors would hear my name. 
And also, whenever I did a wedding, I made sure to know who was doing all the other services. Um, Nowadays, with internet, I would friend and I would send notes, you know, if I were still doing weddings. And I wouldn't just send them files, although I would share some files with my branding. But what I always did then, and I would still do, is have actual prints that they could put on display. Um, I would do little folios that stood up. I would offer for some of the vendors, I I gave them wall portraits they could put in their office or even books. I, I provided books for some of the hotels and things that I w- worked at. Um, so being able to narrow down how you get clients is very powerful. Uh, even if you're wanting to, um, I know Facebook ads can be a great way, a, like a like a giveaway or an enter to win kind of thing. When you narrow down to, I'm looking for children between three and eight, five five adorable children because. I'm updating my portfolio, then I've targeted exactly what I want. If I said, I'm looking for five people to photograph in any, in all ways, not such a powerful draw because someone's not going, oh, that's me. All right. So the other biggie is like, if you were decided to be an artist, or I don't think we decide, but if you decided to, spend time creating art and you took a watercolor and a sculpture and a glass blowing and oil painting and I don't know, mural painting outside. And, and you took, you said, I'm going to do all of these things. Think about how hard it would be to master any one of them. If you're doing those all at the same time. So it's the same if you decide I'm going to specialize in everything, then when you go to conventions, which speakers do you go to? You know, you're going to want to go to speakers that are giving all kinds of different things, which when you decide to practice, when you want to upgrade your skills, when you want to create portraits for your conference room. I know now I have my smiling moose here, but that's just a personal photograph. But In my conference room, I have photographs of kids and families. So that's it's because that's what I focus on. I write, I read books about how to photograph kids. I read books about the psychology of children. When I started teaching, I taught what I called the ABCs of photographing children. So you accumulate more skill and more knowledge when you focus in one direction. Um, and I want to do a little a little aside here. There are some people in the industry who are fabulous photographers and they recommend not niching down. And when I look at their work and their websites, they have niched down. They just don't quite see it in the eyes of someone that's been around so long because their style is very niched. So they might do families, branding, couples, on and on and on. 
but they all have a similar flavor. And so just think about, uh, anyway, so, and I'm not saying that these people are steering people wrong. I'm just saying you can have a, a niche like, for example, if you love weddings, but you don't want to ultimately just do that in the arc of your career. Well, that is a good foundation for a family life cycle specialty. So from the weddings, of course, we get the babies and then we get the young families and then we get the senior high school seniors and then we get their weddings and their babies and grandbabies. So um, anyway, just throwing that out. Okay. The other thing is, and I'm really big on this, is your productivity, your workflow. Uh, what I was married to someone whose job was called a production control specialist. And what that meant was he was in what's called the split ring cell department of solar turbine <laughs> or turbines, turbine turbines. So there's this one piece that had to be assembled to put in place with the rest of the other sections and things to make this engine. So he was responsible for making sure they had, you know, if they said, I'm going to, uh, somebody needs a split ring. There's all these things you need and there's all these things you need assembled. And so he coordinated all that so that that all got done, all got done in a timely manner so that then when, when uh, whoever put all of the parts together needed it, it was ready. So for us, our production control, if I'm doing, you know, we've got retouching, we've got ordering, we've got opening boxes. If, if you frame, which I love to frame, there's really great money in that. There's framing to do. Um, there's samples to have with everything. There's research on samples. Um, so it, it cuts down when you've, it, when you create a workflow and you've got less things that you have to do because you're in a specialty. Does that make sense? Okay. So the next one is, and probably my favorite is the personal fulfillment. So yes, I could do great headshots all the time but I do not love headshots. I'm sure I could be a good commercial photographer, but I don't love that. I love working with people. I love talking to people. I love relationships that people have with each other. I love that, that moment when I sit with them in my sales room, in this room, pull down the movie screen, set up the projector and show them the work and hear them laugh and cry and know that these images that they order are going to live on in their families' lives for forever. I recently had a, a longtime favorite client. She was the mother of a really good friend, and she hired me over the years to do family portraits. And her son called me, my friend's husband called me, and said, mom is dying, and we want to know if you have 
the photograph that you did of uh, mom and dad and my brother, my brothers and I, because it's faded and it's one that she wanted at her memorial. And the gratification of knowing that over the years, these were honored in their home. And now even at the last celebration of her life, these were important to her and to the family. Luckily, I was able to find them. And so I was the hero. Um, but the gratification and and the fun of getting to do what we enjoy is part of why I needed to quit weddings, because I was no longer enjoying them. So that creativity, like I get so much inspiration when I think about children and ideas for new locations or new ways to um, capture the beauty of kids, uh, all of that. Because I'm focusing in an area that makes me happy, then I get to have a life where I'm doing what really brings me joy and I get paid for it. Is anything better than that? There might be some, no, not the big picture. Not, nothing better to me uh, than having a rewarding career, doing what I love that brings value to others. And I think when we, when we narrow down, we can do that in a bigger way. It also sets us apart. So there's two more uh, little bullet points that I want to bring out. And I've touched on that, but when you're known as the go-to senior photographer or the go-to branding expert or the best wedding photographer in town, instead of a generalist that does it all, that's powerful. And now, if I were in a small town and I were the only game in town, I might figure out how to be more of a generalist um maybe you know situations can be can be different but in general because with my specialty i only need like 50 incredible clients to make a very healthy six figure income in photography so as long as there's i don't know 20 30,000 people in my community and maybe some fringe people, I'm sure I can find 50 people that want what I do. Um, anyway, so branding and the identity and people talking about you. Somebody says, oh my gosh, I need a great headshot. Are they going to, is their friend going to say, oh, I know somebody that does everything. Maybe she does headshots. Are they going to go, you know, so-and-so. Um, she does fabulous headshots. I've seen she did this and this and this person, and she's great. So that uh, word of mouth happens easier when we're uh, focused in a direction. All right. And the other one that I think is probably near and dear to a lot of people's hearts is that you can charge more when you're a specialist. If we go back to these, the electrician and the handyman, Surprisingly, the handyman, his initial quote was higher than the electrician. I guess it's not that relevant, but what's relevant is 
I would have expected to pay more for an electrician and I was willing to because electricity is nothing to uh, mess around in a home. My current handyman will not touch electrical issues because, you know, you can burn a house down, you can electrocute somebody, um, you know, it's bad when it goes wrong. Um, so generally, if someone, like when I think of somebody that is a branding expert and that is their main focus, I automatically think that they're charging really well and they found a way to make good income from from that. Whereas if someone's doing like headshot day, Thursdays are headshot days, but we do everything else. I would not expect to spend the same uh, in an environment like that. Doesn't mean it's always true in every circumstance, but that that is pretty much my thought, both uh, chat GPT's list and what goes on in my brain agree. Um, so in conclusion, when you specialize in a partic particular niche, there's numerous advantages for business success. And in summary, target marketing, expertise, brand differentiation. I don't think I mentioned that so specifically, but yes, higher prices, increased efficiency, and personal fulfillment. So if you would like to um, book a 20-minute call, go to lucydumascoaching.com and we could talk about it and I could ask you that question and we could explore. No obligation. I'm not going to push you into signing up with me with something. I promise. Just I like to support people. Now, if you're interested in coaching, of course, we can talk about that too. So that is it for now. And I hope you have a really, really great rest of your week, whether it's Monday or Thursday or any other day of the week. And I'm just so happy that you've tuned in and that, you know, you support. I don't know. I'm just happy you're here. So that's it for now. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one -on -one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.